Welcome to the Boisterous Brothers. I'm George Rockall Schmidt here with Damien Benedict. How are you today, Damien? Fucking superb. Fucking superb, yeah. Fucking superb. Yeah, nice, fat and sassy. Yeah, it's a bit of a tautology that, isn't it? Fat and sassy, it's the same thing. People who are sassy are fat. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're black. (laughs) The Boisterous Brothers is now being (laughs) cancelled. Yeah. (laughs) Quickly go to a commercial. Uh, So Damien didn't mean that. I mean, obviously fat people can be black and black people can be fat they can also not be sassy all the time yes yeah and there definitely is a correlation between being fat black and sassy not between black and sassy and not between black and fat but if you're black and fat you're probably sassy i i uh, my brain is melting it whereas, should be oozing out of my ears at this point whereas if you're if you're white and fat you could be any manner of a cunt i think yeah as we have like seen on many occasions yeah yeah, so what we're saying then is, you know, even though what Damien said was no doubt racist. Yeah, I'm uh, going to hell. If you again, if you're uh, if you're fat and black and sassy, you're all right. But uh, white people are assholes. Right. That was a fucking genius first link there. It was, wasn't it? So take it into the white people are assholes story. Because we start every boisterous with a story, so... Filled with hate. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, so I'm going to start um, the saga that is uh, Ruben, which is a guy I used to work with when I was a chef. Um, was he a chef as well? He was a chef, like, against all odds. Was he a, was he a full-on chef or was he a cheflet? Uh, definitely a cheflet, but, right. uh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of reached his plateau. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, but he, he's just someone that... For all intents and purposes, be his intelligence, his personal hygiene should not have been his personal hygiene. Because yeah, obviously, this is someone that Damien has mentioned to me before. Shock horror! You've never mentioned his personal hygiene to me. Oh yeah. No. Oh well, I mean, what's wrong with his personal hygiene? One of the first things I I heard about this guy when I uh, first started working um, at that place was um, they had like an EHO officer. Um, what's an EHO officer? Basically, like they come to survey like food safety and hygiene, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, to make sure you're playing ELO. Yeah. Oh. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, and the they would uh, wave. they would uh, swab surfaces with these um, uh, towelettes or something like that, or some kind of like fob. Were they and moist towelettes? They were moist. Yes, they were chemically treated. So um, if they were of a certain level of filth, or they would blow up. They would b- blow yeah. up. Yes. Yeah. Um, because they were these moist towelettes were covered in carbon fragmentations. Right, weren't they? It was just a grenade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like magnesium, fed, all that kind of yeah, shit. Right. So any any moisture whatsoever. <laughs> so it's just like we we're here to uh, inspect your kitchen. Oh, uh, it's very clean. We're not here for that. Yeah, we well, we have like sterilized uh, the house. Yeah. So the fire. Yes, we we uh, we're here just to inspect how dry your kitchen is. <laughs> so okay, so these people came. And they had these moist towelettes. Yeah, um, and they were kind of... People like ripping on Ruben. He always had a re- reputation for just being generally kind of scummy and a bit of a, a complete weirdo. Sometimes so, you can tell with people, can't you? Like, I can look at a picture of someone and obviously pictures, if, you know, this is just an explanation if you're watching or listening to this in the future, pictures don't have smells with them. <laughs> but I can tell when I look at someone, yeah, he stinks. Yeah, and I have yeah. showed you a couple of pictures and you can you can tell... What kind of uh, fo- da- Damien keeps building up this guy. The only picture you fucking showed me of him is is with this beautiful woman. I've I've shown you more than that, surely. No. All right. Okay. 
Oh, well, then there's loads. We'll have a field day tonight. Okay, great. Um, we'll have a Reuben party. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. I bet that's, a, that's, that's out there somewhere. If lemon party is a thing, Reuben's not far behind. He's got the right head for it. I think it's called a raisin party. Oh, damn. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so back to the story. Um, these these officers were going around, checking the services, and things are clean, this, that, and the other. I just imagine them the men in black. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's not nowhere near as cool as They come in dressed my... as, like, de- dinner ladies with these really long white coats and uh-huh. the biggest fucking hairnets you've seen. Uh-huh. But those proper baker's hat. They... What, what are those things in men in black that, that are, like, always smoking cigarettes? When they like the cockroaches? Like... Uh, they weren't the cockroaches, but there was something, like, they were a pest. Hey, like, gay! Yeah, the, um, well, the, the bug people, or whatever it was. The bug yeah. people, whatever yeah. they called. Yeah, I imagine it's like, like, oh hi, we're here to inspect how how not disgusting your kitchen is, and you're like, oh yeah, no problem. As you like back away and like knock on the, like the the, I don't know why I would think you have got a tumble dryer in there, the tumble dryer or something, something you're not using right now, like, and then you just this, ah, oh, caramba, oh, no, I gotta go out yeah. of here. Were they Mexican? I don't know. In Men in Black. Probably. Probably, probably, like probably a performance that wouldn't swing these yeah. days. I seem to remember. Yes. This is the episode that makes you stop watching us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I seem to remember. Yeah, they they were some. Yes, right. They, exactly, a performance that would not pass the censor. No, not at yeah. all. Not without a serious backlash. Yeah, kind of like it, is this? No, no, no. It's not Mexican because it, it sounds like, really Mexican. No, no. Uh, no, so it's Armenian. What? It's Armenian. <laughs> That's just as bad. No, yeah. I mean, it's... Doesn't it doesn't help that you've gone there wearing a fucking fez. <laughs> so go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they've got these moist toilets. They start scrubbing yeah. around. So they're, they're all going around and, like, people are talking about this because it's always a big deal when these guys come in. So everyone's a little bit on edge. But Ruben's going around with his yeah. head in the fucking cloud. it's a big deal. I mean, they can make um, you forget, right? They won't let you remember. <laughs> Galaxy Defenders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the theme, oh, the theme of our show is Men, Men in Black. Black. Um, yeah, so I mean, Ruben's going around with his head in his clouds, and you've got loads of like glass partitions rather than walls in this kitchen, so you can kind of see what's, what's going on. Oh right, so like, people... like one of those fruity showers made out of yeah, glass yeah, blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. yeah. I'd love to watch my wife have a shower in one of those things, if I had a wife. Or a shower. Or a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, why not just go outside? I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go on. It's all right. It's that. <laughs> Was um, that a Ruben impression? It's all right. It's all right. Oh, chef, they call call me Khan. That's not my name. It's Ruben. Every time you say that, (laughs) Damien does this all the time. He goes, it's not my name. I always imagine somebody behind you going, it's not my name. It's not my name. That's exactly what we would do. Like the whole kitchen would sing it around. (laughs) They call me Cobra. (laughs) (laughs) Why do they call him Cobra? Oh, because he he would just sabotage everything out of like either (laughs) ignorance or... um, Like, Like Commander Cobra. Right, I know what you mean. Um, well, the, Cobra Commander, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and anyone that we did that would just get was called a snake. So that was just yeah. But anyway, so Ruben's walking around, um, like completely unaware that people are watching him, and he's there just like picking his nose, like like <laughs> up to the second knuckle. It's like he's scraping <laughs> his brain, right? What? Oh my god! So like every all these uh, services are being checked by these food officers to see if they're all within uh-huh. legal boundaries. Uh-huh. So they have this genius idea. They ask the food officers yeah. to swab his hands. Yeah, and w- these things uh, react um, with obviously different levels of bacteria, and they go different colours. Yeah, well, and I can't remember what the levels right. were, but at the right, at the very top, critical yeah. was purple. Right, and they swab Ruben's hands, <laughs> and lo and behold, like fresh after like picking his nose, no less, it just goes like this. 
so purple it's almost fucking black it's that rich and they're like holy shit you've got to there's like a in one of the in the start one of those like like toilets they've got like a shower yeah. so they immediately like fucking marched him in there and said don't fucking come out for like fucking 20 minutes get all oh. that fil- purge your fucking body of that oh fucking oh my film. god yeah and the, one of the, the, the thing that was so bad about this was that Ruben works in the cold lighter and the cold lighter makes all the salads and that is basically where you go when you first start it's the it's baby mode because you just um, you're just getting leaves. Yeah, uh, and you're putting some snot on some leaves. Basically, yeah. You don't have to. You can just as as soon as the check comes in, you don't uh-huh. have to coordinate with anyone else. It's cold food. You just make straight up. Put it's in easy. The fridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, which basically means that everything that he was handling with his bare hands right. was not being like heat treated at all. <laughs> so everything that was under his fucking nails was growing on these people's salad. Oh God, yeah. Oh my God. So there you go. So there's there's Damien's That's best part friend, one. Ruben. <laughs> And uh, he is absolutely dis- disgusting. Well, do you know what else is disgusting? The news. Let's it go is. and see what Bilgewater has for us. Hello, the Boisterous Brothers. This week, nothing happened and I did not go on holiday. Something, something, Donald Trump, outrageous comments on Twitter, Syria now bastion of peace, and Christian Lagarde has been put on trial for allowing the misusification of public funds. But I read that in a French newspaper, so bloody knows. Yours reportedly, Lieutenant Colonel Anonymous Bilgewater. He's got the whole world in his bottom. 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 bottom. Frazier demonstrates that he has no loyalty. Determined to win a membership to an exclusive gentleman's club, Fraser spares no dirty trick. He even goes so far as to offer that Niles present his buttocks just as he did for former President Reagan. Fraser's schmoozing is undoubtedly successful, and Fraser is finally afforded the privilege of sitting on a chair in silence with other old men. Fraser discusses with a wizardly type bloke that the chair of which he sits, though made of baby buttocks, is as stiff as pudding. A confusing sentiment. Niles is still presenting. All right, so that was Fraser again, and my beautiful, beautiful face. Um, that episode was the clear. I thought that episode was Fraser, my beautiful, beautiful face. That could have been one. That could have been one. I think they're saving that title for the movie. <laughs> oh, they should be. They should do a Fraser movie. I think they'd probably just call it Fraser movie. I, but I'd like to think that they would call it the Fresh Fraser or something. <laughs> Yeah, and I, th- I think you could like repurpose the lyrics of the uh, Fresh Prince, uh, uh-huh. and kind yeah. of you know kind of cross that over to Fraser. Yeah, but have to be bo- have to be Boston, right? And he talks about how he's going to move and live with his father and brother in the uh, as the Prince of Seattle or some shit like the that. Prince of Seattle. <laughs> I think he would use the word princess. Okay, so that episode is about Fraser trying to get into a gentleman's club. Now, gentleman's club to me means strip joint. Yeah, it means spearmint rhino. Yeah, it does. It means probably something that no gentleman has ever stepped into, unless they were like tracking a deer through it or something. <laughs> I would like to see that yeah. on a night out. <laughs> yeah. Like some bouncer comes up and says, You can't come in here. You've got a deer rifle. You've got a deer rifle. Those are hiking boots. And it's just like, we couldn't identify him. Like, I mean, like. I'm talking like everything above the nipple was just blown away. Because <laughs> it was like, it's like a two-gauge shotgun or something. <laughs> it's something you would shoot down a pterodactyl with. I don't know. I um, Gentleman's Club, obviously in the Frasier context, it means 
a very antiquated place where elderly men sit around on, on plush sofages, um, drinking cognacers. And fine, fine fine port. Fine fine ports. Is that what it is? Is that I think to, to my knowledge, yeah. Yeah, I used to know someone who was part of a club in London and essentially what it was was it was a club where you would spend a thousand pounds a year. I think that was the basic mm-hmm. basic fee. And all that got you access to was getting inside. Yeah. Right? Because inside it would basically be like a pub. You remember? Yeah, I remember yeah. it was more of a kind of a it looked more like a kind of cafe slash harvester with all the, like the oak furniture and shit yeah. like that. It looked like a cheap family restaurant. It looked like a cheap family restaurant, but it was over four levels. And it was just a place where media cunts would hang around. Like like people who aren't actually anyone, but re- like you know, like kind of like the, the sub editor for, for politics on The Guardian or something mm-hmm. like that. Like someone who doesn't really have any sway anywhere. Yeah. But but for London, def- you know, I'm a swinging dick, right? Yeah. yeah. It would be have to be those left newspapers as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It was completely left-leaning. I don't know. I remember when I went there for that meeting, one of the first things I saw was uh, the guy in question um, sat behind this thing. It's like, oh, nice to meet you, all that kind of stuff. And it must have been like maybe one o'clock uh, in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And set, uh, right in front of him is this fucking dish like with a really massive half-eaten creme brulee in front of him. And I was like, oh, my God. God. I guess it's one of those places that most people just go to, yeah, to have meetings with mm-hmm. other people who aren't members to make themselves look good. Because it wasn't an enjoyable place to go. It was just, to me, it was just a pub. Mm-hmm. You still have to pay for all your drinks and everything. You still have to pay quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't get the point of it. Yeah, I remember there was one place I went to in, uh, in Soho. Uh, it was a place called, it was one of these kind of clubs, but uh, uh, private m- members clubs. Yeah. Uh, it's called Milk and Honey, I think. Oh God! Yeah, sounds pretty. Uh... Um, it was underground, and I, I knew I had a friend of a friend that had a membership there, and I went there, and it was all very kind of fancy. Um, it's very, yeah, um, and you can kind of get taken away, uh, taken away by it. But you basically all this place would serve with these cocktails for like at seventeen, eighteen quid a pop. Yeah, and all that, you know, gin, champagne. It's all very kind of exquisite. Porn all... star martini. By a different name, yeah, yeah. essentially. Um, Bur- and... Burlesque. Give me a burlesque. give me a black shannon can i have a screaming orgasm please i would like a half-bred rivita and also a cocktail Mm -hmm. i was gonna say rita but i fucked it up i'm sorry (laughs) and whenever i say rita i just think of buster saying put a fag in my mouth (laughs) uh, oh you're such a pussy what would you like to drink sir i'll have a fag in my mouth please and would you like two olives or three olives in your fag in your mouth (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Yeah, kind I'm not of, an olive man. It kind of was like one of those places. And I looked it up later because I, I enjoyed the night out and um, partly because most of my drinks were paid for, uh, you know. Mm. But I had a look. Because at, normally when you go out, you still buy the 18 or 19 quid cocktails. But yeah. Like, fucking. Yeah. With so off, much. What a fucking. Fuck you. Yeah, but I love complaining about it yeah. all fucking night. Yeah. Amazing. You, you, drink, you drink like a cocktail like called a screaming orgasm. A screaming orgasm, like triple X or something, in the corner. You've got like sparklers coming out of it and stuff. You've got a little parasol, but you're still there reading your Sunday sport going, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I was in war. I used to know someone who went to, occasionally went to Mayfair clubs. Mm -hmm. And this guy was rich, but he wasn't really rich enough to do that. So he wouldn't go very often. But he was a member of a Mayfair club. And it was something like a grander, a grander a year or something like that. It wasn't that much but a table would be for four grand yeah on a weekend if you wanted a table 
Yeah, like you could buy at the time they've stopped this now because people were just killing themselves. But you could buy a whole bottle of whiskey there. So yeah. you could buy like a Jack Daniels, which would be what like twenty five quid, uh, but they would charge a grand for it. Oh, right. Yeah, it was like that, and you still have to pay to get in. Yeah, there was one. Uh, was one gentleman's club around the uh, corner from the restaurant I used to work in, uh, again in Mayfair. Um, and apparently, um, incredibly fucking exclusive. Yeah. And uh, it's like they have a rule. It's like the only there's only two women allowed in the club: the queen and the queen mother. Apparently, like there's no woman that's set foot in that building in like eighty years. It's, wow. Yeah. My my treehouse is more exclusive because even those old bags couldn't get in, yeah. and they wanted to as well. They like, couldn't no, climb. <laughs> no, Your Majesty. Yes, they couldn't climb. You can climb, but. You, if you come in, your Madge, you're changing your mother's Madge. You're, <laughs> you're changing your mother's colostomy bag. Oh dear! No one ever talks about that. Well, I, I don't know. Would you ever be part of a club no, if you it's... if you had loads of money? I'm sure you will do one day. Of course, yeah. Through some sort of clerical error, how would you uh, how would you spend your money in a if you were part of one of those clubs? Would you not spend your money? How would you spend your time? Would you schmooze with people? I guess that's why people join, right? I guess so, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say I wouldn't want to be a part of something like that. I'm not a schmoozer. No, um, absolutely not. Which but it rhymes, with, uh, rhymes with a schmoozer, yeah. but I'm not a schmoozer. Yeah, a loser. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, I thought you were going to say boozer. No, I went for... Oh, oh fuck, I missed it. Ne- never never mind. Yeah. One day. Next week I'll nail the fucking... The one joke I have. You know, I think we should go to HBO with a new show. Uh, like a game show, which which is also a docudrama called Schmoozers and Losers. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of us could be the president in 10 years. Yeah. The other will be in a, uh, well, reclining in a nice gentleman's club. Reclining in a, nice. in a whole one, yes. Because the other one is like, at that point, 60 feet tall. Yeah, I imagine if I'm in a place like that, I'll be like 300 pounds, you know, <laughs> I will occupy the room. <laughs> There'll be like a punker waller there kind of going, oh, Jesus Christ, I am eight stone. Can you not give me some of those... <laughs> those, those pork rinds. No! No, vacuum out my ass. <laughs> Dimitri! Join Hieronymus Wash and Mau as they continue their journey in this week's instalment of The Case of the Curse of the Ruby Garnet, part six. How long do you think it's been, Mau Mau? I would say six hours and 13 minutes, boss. You can perceive time pass so accurately just by the position of the sun? Well, yes, it is strikingly accurate when reflected off the convex glass of your wristwatch. Oh, I see. Very clever. Very clever indeed, Mau Mau. What you're saying is, is now's the time to use my wristwatch to dazzle the pilot's eyes and crash us into those soft-looking mountains. No doubt killing the bad guys, but also sparing us hidden here, in the back. I don't think that's a good idea, boss. Come on, Mau Mau. We've been sat here doing nothing. I don't know about you, but I, for one, don't want to be accused of being a lazy Larry. Let me crash the plane. Who's lazy Larry? Don't you remember? The night watchman we met during the case of the haunted granary. The one who didn't move during the entire investigation. You mean, the one with the knife in his back? Exactly that Larry, Mau Mau. Look, boss, the heavy you was carrying the ruby garnet. He looks ill. I have to say I felt quite ill when I was holding it. How are you feeling now? Absolutely fine. Oh, good. Why? No reason. Why are you looking at me like that, Mau Mau? Looking at you like what, boss? Like I've got acute radiation sickness. Don't worry about me, Mau Mau. Don't you remember all those atoms I was exposed to during the case of the Atomic Man? I've built up quite a healthy glowing resistance. Boss, we're landing. Look, an airstrip built into the mountains. It must have been a tremendous effort to clear all the jungle away. Never mind, level the ground. Enough mo raggery, Mau Mau. 
Prepare for sleuthing. Watch out, Swash. Here, behind those barrels. What is this place, Mau Mau? Looks like some form of mining complex. Look, boss. Those two goons who took the ruby garnet. He's fallen over. Damn it, Mau Mau. Look, he's dead. Hello, you there. Please to be telling me what you are doing next to those crates of undisclosed sundries, please. Ah! Are we in India? No, South America. Although all the new people call us Indians. And I am Jolly. And my name is Jolly Indian. It is a terrible act of racism, sir. But you have an Indian accent. I can assure you, it is a happy coincidence. What do you know about the Ruby Garden, my good man? Please to be telling me you haven't found it. It is said to be cursed. Here, I can tell that you are intending to be stopping the professor. So I will tell you all that I can. But please don't be letting them catch me. Or I will be in grave trouble. Professor, you say? Yes, Professor, love me some gold. Not Professor, love me some gold. Yes, Professor, love me some gold. Past your occasional nemesis. Yes, I know who my nemesis is. He and the mailman. The postman shoves a failed delivery note through the door, rings the bell and runs away. He's a menace to society. Please, if you can, stop the professor, as well as forcing us to dig silver out of the ground for very less than a cup of rice an hour, and with very bad dental. He already has the ruby emerald and the ruby diamond, and with the ruby garnet, he'll be fulfilling his prophecy of an evil ruler coming to rule us all, in between our being indentured to the British and oppressed by our very own corrupt leaders. Don't worry, we will stop the professor or die trying. Now, now, that was my line. Sorry, boss. Well, yes, we must stop the professor and die trying. Or die trying, damn it, Mau Mau! Look, the other henchmen already took the ruby garnet somewhere. Where would they be going? To the blint at the top of the volcano, of course. Of course! Come, Mau Mau, let's take this jeep and speed it to the vop of this volcano. Damn it! See, Mau Mau, never speak. Join us next time for the exciting conclusion of the case of the curse of the ruby garnet! So, back with us in the studio, we have a hell of a treat for you. Leroy Latoc, straight from New Orleans. How are you doing, Leroy? Thank you. Oh, up in the Oh, now. Oh, Wow, very short and sweet. Thank you for that, Leroy. This one's called the incest machine. The time machine was an incest dream. How could she not recognize you in the present if she knew you in the past? There is no past. There is only now. And you have come here of your own choice to fulfill your own destiny. Your success is inevitable, McFly. Your own existence proves that. Beaming down on you as you lay injured, rescued from the perversions of your own would-be father, she might well mount you and you be inside her before you know what is happening. But you know that isn't the case, McFly. You know you wanted to make a son and a brother at the same time and just say it wasn't yours. But it isn't your son, McFly. It isn't your son. It's you. The screaming bastard your cook old father will raise is not his son. Nor is it your son. 
It is you, McFly. Looking down at its writhing arms, you know this is you too, and it will grow into you and think thoughts that you do. You will go back to your present and become old, and when your son is your age, he will travel back and impregnate your mother, just as you have, and make you. The cycle unbreaking for all time, you constantly fathering yourself, you disgusting poppin' jay. And that was sent to us by Tony in Banff. Thank you for that, Tony. So obviously we were talking about Ruben. I imagine Ruben is probably the biggest idiot you've worked with. Is that right? Yeah, no contest. Absolutely yep. no contest. I used to work with this guy called Kevin, uh, and we used to remove furniture from offices in the middle of the night, which in hindsight sounds it wasn't a, a job, like, yeah. a lot like burgling. Yeah. Um, no, we used to go into central London, go into these huge banks and places like that, and move stuff around for them. You know, and it would often mm-hmm. be kind of you know you take a enormous filing cabinet out of uh, you know the second floor, whatever you know space, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and move it up and stuff like that. Uh, but on a massive scale, we do that. And, and Kevin was um, like pretty much everyone else who worked there, uh, unemployed apart from this job. And this job would be extremely casual hours. It would be kind of like, well, you know, do five hours tomorrow night, do two hours tomorrow night, and all of this. Mm -hmm. No one else there, really, apart from the foreman and the specialists, had a a full-time job from it or Mm -hmm. anything else going on. And he was one of these people. I I honestly do think he had a paper round. Really? Yeah, I I think he did. I think he had a paper round. Because this guy was about 30. I think he had a paper round that had been, he just continued to do. Right, okay. From when he was 14 or something because he'd never had a proper job. Yeah. Do you reckon his wages will have uh, increased with uh, inflation as well? Or he's still his, doing his it for run. fucking pe- for, pennies? For or something. I don't know. You, you know, I mean, like if I was if I was the news agent, I probably wouldn't have let anyone do that anyway. But mm-hmm. But it'd be like, well, you know what, Kevin? These boys are a lot fitter than you. He was probably, he was quite fat. Yeah. But like I say, he wasn't stupid at all. I don't know. I don't think he was very well educated. Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't have any formal qualifications, but I would work with him a lot and we would talk about stuff. Uh, and he was very knowledgeable about things. You know, you could talk to him about science and things like that. And he, he'd be he'd have an interest. There was a clear right. interest there. So he wasn't academically, you know, frustrated. Frustra- no, he was maybe academically frustrated, but he wasn't... Um, there was something missing. He wasn't diminished there, but he was a moron. He was an absolute fucking moron. Like, he just... I, I don't know what it was. He wasn't autistic or anything like that. It wasn't like he didn't know how to work with people. It's almost like he was like a, a million-year-old man who'd been trapped in this body. He was like the most morose, kind of miserable person. What you don't realise is you actually met a Highlander. Right, yeah, it was like the, a Highlander who'd fallen hard on his luck. It just didn't make any sense. He was so fucking miserable and kind of didn't give a shit about anything. I mean, he could never have had a girlfriend, right? He just couldn't keep anyone in the room with him. Right. Did he Did he look like a bridge troll or something? He looked weird. He looked kind of short and fat. He didn't look attractive anyway. But he would cut his own hair. Right? Oh, my. That's, uh, yeah, yeah that, that, that paints a very vivid picture, uh, that alone. Yeah, I remember someone came in and... Because he would get loads of shit, right? Like Ruben, he would be... Uh, who people kicked around. Mm-hmm. And it was never bad, it was never bullying, but people would say shit to him, which I've never really heard anywhere else. And it would be like, hey, Kev, this was bred, bred through familiarity as well. Hey, Kev, who cut your fucking hair? You? Yeah. 
And we're like, oh, God, good comeback there, Kev. They are weird types of people. Did he take like this abuse well? Was he upset by it? Or was no, he, he, a... he, he wasn't upset by it, but he didn't like it. Right, okay. L- like, like he, he tolerated it because everyone gave it to him. Yeah. But if you were somewhere else, like, I guess that's not a very normal workplace where people do that. Yeah. But if he was somewhere else, let's say he worked in an office and someone said that to him. Yeah. Or people would just be like, Kev... You fucking spaz, turn around and do it again, or whatever. Yeah, well... Uh, he wouldn't tolerate that in a... Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he was on his own, he wouldn't tolerate that. Right, okay. Uh, if it was just me and him, and I said... I never spoke to him like that anyway, but if I if I said something like that to him, he wouldn't tolerate it. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Ruben was, um, yeah, he was kind of uh, the whipping boy in that place. Yeah. Um, and rightly but, so. But, uh, you know, when you would give this guy shit, it's uh, it's not that uh, he was particularly thick-skinned. He didn't resent it so much. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't register on any kind of, on any kind of intellect intellectual level. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, it was absolutely bizarre. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think that's part of the reason people got so comfortable, like, well, giving him so much shit is because it just didn't wouldn't uh, it just wouldn't make sense to him. Yeah, and right. It. And that was that was that was something that would like kind of reinforce just what what a weirdo he was. I would be hard pressed. Uh, to really believe that it was some form of like tenacity and courage that was that you know was just higher than what we were capable of. Not at all. It was just a complete lack of comprehension. Yeah, yeah. And I think I don't think it was the same for Kev. I don't think it was like a lack of comprehension. But I think it was it was something where he just didn't quite understand what sort of a freak he appeared to be to people. Like he wasn't a real freak, but he was weird. Right. Okay. And I can't tell you why like he didn't say weird things he didn't do weird things but he was just weird right you know yeah, yeah, yeah i know yeah um not that kind of level i maybe there maybe have been a couple of people at school which were kind of like that i guess uh-huh. um i can't really remember any off the top of my head but i know i've got a vague idea of the kind of person you're talking about yeah uh yeah i think everyone does everyone knows someone who's just off yeah just off like i wouldn't I don't know why, but I just wouldn't trust this guy to do something. I wouldn't trust this guy to make me a fucking sandwich. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to touch my food. You want to swab his fucking fingertips? No, I don't want to go anywhere near his fingertips. He was—I mean, he was gross. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know when you know when girls say he's gross. All the time. All the I'm time. around. I'm around yeah. small girls all the time. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Uh, yeah, well, I don't mean small <laughs> girls, but I definitely did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Doing his French laugh, but. He, yeah, he was gross. There was something kind of mucky about him. I like how we just cannot elaborate. It's just this is an intuitive kind of yeah. filth vibe, you know? <laughs> what do you think? It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just just this this feeling of, of utter disgust when I was around him. No, I wouldn't feel disgusted, but he, I wouldn't want to touch him, right? I wouldn't want to shake his hand or anything. Yeah, um, yeah, I get that. It's just when someone says I wouldn't, when someone says touching any any anyone, I my mind goes somewhere else. I wouldn't want to touch him. <laughs> where, where, does your <laughs> mind, where does it go? Where does your well, mind I go? imagine it's the you know you're in like a nice bubbly bath at that point, you know. A nice bubbly bath. Bubbly bath. A bubbly bath, and you're you're on your mobile phone. Mobile phone. Talking to someone. Drinking sham sham bubbly. <laughs> Champagne. Champagne. I think that's how they pronounce it in French. Frenchland. In the French. In the right. in Frank Reich. And, and then from um, Quas, I think it's called. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guarantee you he's still working for them. Yeah. I could look him up. I'm not going to. I don't know, you know. I'm going to reach out tonight. Uh, he'd, he'd been working there, actually. He'd been working there the longest out of anyone. He'd been working there for eight years. Eight years. Yeah. And this was like, what, four or five years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Oof. Yeah, he'll still be there. And he had no position of responsibility. He was exactly the same level as me. Yeah. Like I, you know, I worked there for like three months. Life must be kind of fucked because I remember oh, you, yeah. you worked for that job. You were with that job very briefly, and we had the we were all jobs. Um, but they would essentially just kind of like ring a day beforehand saying, "Can you work these hours?" There was nothing. Yeah, no it, kind of security or no, not at all. It was very ad hoc. Um, I mean, I guess this guy lives like in a studio flat somewhere in. No, he lives with his mum. Oh right, okay. you know, absolutely, all of them did. Well, oh, I mean, right, okay. all of them did, and, and you know, they were. I, no, in fairness, there was one guy who was um, studying to be an accountant, uh, and I know what happened to him. He got deported back to Nigeria. There was one of the nicest guys I've ever met who tried to convert me to Islam. Not one of the nicest guys who tried to convert me to Islam. One of the nicest it guys happens ever. happens a lot, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've just got one of those faces, I think. You did have a, I seem to remember, quite a beard at that point as well. I, did I might have, have, have quite a beard. A no, I had, a, I had the goatee, yeah. Was it that? Yeah. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and he was he was a completely normal man. He had like a wife who was studying at university. He had a couple of kids, and I guess he was just doing that whilst he was studying or something. Mm. He was normal, but everyone else was just kind of desperate. You know, right. they'd even yeah, lost yeah. a job and they couldn't find one, or they were people. And this was the most of them. They were just people who never got a job, and this was as, this was what they could do in a very competitive market in a recession. Mm, yikes! Yeah. And like I say, Kev, you know, he was the same as me. He'd been there for eight years when I was there. You've and... been there for eight years as well. It's just that you never fessed up about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. I was there for like three months or something, but there you go. I, I can't tell you why he's weird. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm totally on board with that. I mean, I think we can all kind of agree that there's... Uh, everyone kind of knows that certain somebody which is just, just off for whatever reason you just can't really put yeah. your finger on. Yeah, unexplainably greasy, gunky, freaky, weirdy people yeah yeah everyone knows one everyone knows one yeah without a shadow of a doubt and if you don't it's you yeah do you know one no i don't suppose i do so thank you very much for joining us on the boisterous brothers if you're listening to this anywhere other than soundcloud or indeed if you're listening to this on soundcloud you can download it from soundcloud for free for you know for because we're that fucking generous giggles and the shits but <laughs> yes because we, we could be charging like 8.99 for oh, this gotcha. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, uh, we could be reeling in, but we're just, we, you know, we, we're modest men. That's right. We film all of this on YouTube as well. And it isn't just us in a studio. All the, all the little bits we cut up it with, they're also filmed. And it looks good, I think. It, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> it's, it's a video. Uh, if you want to check that out. It's a podcast. It's on YouTube. It's a film podcast. And also there's loads of other stuff on YouTube. There's like 200 videos almost on the channel at the moment. So check it out. It's fun, it's a laugh. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You greasy fucking weirdos.